After a long day of class, you're hungry, really hungry. So you walk into Jester to get your meal for the day. As you take a bite of your gigantic burger, the sound that is left ringing in your ears is lettuce. Who would have known that your freshest bite of the day would have come directly from the small five acre subplots managed by UT Microfarm? Uh, my name is Nikki Hammond. I am a second year communication and leadership major, and I'm the project co-lead of the UT Microfarm. My name is Sally Jung, and I'm a fifth year environmental science and geography major. So we're located at the Whitaker Test Courts, which is next to the Iron Field. We're half an acre large, and what we do is we have part of our site is where we grow produce that we donate to UT Outpost, which is a food resource on campus that's available to all students and free for all students as well. We also have a plot program, which is on hold right now, but we have plots available. So the microfarm was started in 2012 um, by a green fund grant, which if you didn't know, you can uh, apply for a green fund grant. It is a flat rate taken out of your tuition every semester uh, and you can apply to start any green project on campus but essentially it was started because um, some students felt that there should be uh, a farm an urban farm on campus because it is um, urban farming is sustainable and it's a really great way to give back to the earth and your community um, and yeah uh, there was a student who felt there was a need for that and so she went out and she did it and it's still going strong today. One of the places that UT Microfarm supplies their produce happens to be the campus food markets, and they also manage a farm stand featuring a selection of both fruits and vegetables. We have like figs, lemons, uh, olives, loquats, all that sort of stuff growing on some trees. And in our rows, our actual farming rows, it's mostly just vegetables. So right now we have some lettuce, uh, cauliflower, broccoli, carrots, um, spinach, uh, pak choy which is like bok choy, but uh, onions, things like that, and potatoes. So things that we, we try to plant things that one are like regenerative and they will like continue to, we can like harvest the seeds from them, we can continue to, you know, produce those those um, products. But we also try to produce things that we think that students would like the most, like things that, you know, everyone likes, you know, potatoes or lettuce is like a staple, um, carrots are a staple, um, things like that that are really, uh, easy to use and cook with. Caring for the microfarms requires a great deal of patience by gardeners and a collaborative investment made by the community as a whole. Maintaining a farm and continuing it to let it grow at its full capacity definitely takes a lot of hands um, and a lot of care because there's constant weeding that needs to happen, watering, planting, harvesting, and it just is a continuous cycle for COVID, we, like I said, we would have those large uh, volunteer work days on Sundays and we would get maybe like 30 or maybe even 40 people um, out there helping us weeding our gardens, the fields, uh, mulching, planting, uh, and that's where our main source of hands would come from. You you weed the fields, you, you know, put compost soil in them to plant. Yeah, you know, let it grow, continue to kind of weed it and make sure there's no, you know, uh, overtaking um, plants, you know, that'll mess up the, the growing process and then you harvest it and it just repeats. That has, you know, kind of been a challenge 
throughout COVID times because um, we are limited to how many people we can have out there. But the the engagement and involvement and care from all of our team members who work with us um, to try to maintain the farm and continue to have it produce as much as it can throughout these trying times um, has been really, really awesome. So currently the farm is overgrown. There's a lot of weeds. Um, there's a lot of amaranth everywhere. But one thing that was really beneficial about um, having the farm at such peak growing capacity right when the pandemic hit is that our supervisor was able to go out and harvest a bunch of lettuce. It was 104 pounds of, it was mostly lettuce, but there were some other things, uh, and donated oh. to the Central Texas Food Bank. We had, so we were so lucky to be able to give back in that way, even though we weren't able to you know, physically continue to maintain for a little bit. Our The fruits of our labor, labor literally, were able to go and benefit the community in that way. Tending to the farms brings up the important concept of global climate change, which directly implicated production. However, Microfarms provides an innovative solution to curbside the adverse effects of both climate change and the pandemic. Global climate change, while it, you know, affects like, you know, you know, things are hotter, so it you know impacts the way things are grown and how efficiently things can be grown, or it dries out the soil, and um, maybe the soil is not as nutrient dense. Um, that doesn't affect microfarms as much as I would say uh, just general like big corporate farms, or even just like not even a corporate farm, but like a medium scale farmer maybe. Um, you know, just because of the difference in like quality and production, you know, and who we donate or who we give to, you know, who we sell to, business ties and all of that. Um, but when it comes to soil health, I definitely think that is a huge issue within corporate agriculture um, because the way that we approach the, the industry approaches, you know, um, corporate agriculture is very much not long term they're not looking into the long term and that's how it's been for since like the 1970s really um, um intensity and frequency of droughts especially in like the summertime um just having to kind of deal with that that extreme heat and and how we can best grow plants in that weather in that climate is always a challenge um since we don't have, we're not able to have that many hands that might just be a little um, harder in that sense to the system, like installed by the landscaping services that like, so we get a steady source of water supply, um, which is, which is great. So I think that really helps the majority of that, but yeah, maybe in the future, when we're trying to conserve water, that might be a, maybe a factor that might impact how we do things out there. Aside from its environmental impact, Microfarms also has very personal influences on our livelihood. By allocating a small section of your backyard or terrace to planting, gardening, in this sense, serves multiple purposes to relieve students of a stressful day and give them something to look forward to at the end of the day. You can buy a small succulent, and I think that's a great start because you don't have to worry too much about like frequent watering, and it's just you're still taking care of something, but there's not you don't need to have like a lot of initial investment. And I think 
starting from there is good because you'll start to kind of, I feel like, create maybe a bond with succulent. You don't want it to die. You, you don't want it to take care of it. And I think that just kind of helps keep the ball rolling or even starting with small herbs, really easy to grow herbs. Um, just it doesn't hurt to try and planting in the soil and watering and see, you know, kind of like what happens. I feel like part of gardening is trial and error and seeing what works figuring out how to make changes to make it better it's something very therapeutic in a sense like you're just out there you're getting your hands dirty and all you're doing is you're just focused on trying to you know help this plant grow in the best way you can and I just really like the feeling of like taking care of something that I know will grow and maybe I can you know take a taste of what might take a taste of what that I guess once that crop grows like eating what you've grown I think is a really awesome feeling um and it sometimes really it tastes much better than what you get um at like a grocery store especially um so yeah it's kind of therapeutic and also you get to eat some really awesome tasting food that you probably won't be able to taste a, a big, I guess, grocery chain. It's, it's unachievable if you don't have the uh, privilege and the resources that a lot of, you know, other people do. And unfortunately, throughout, you know, when people are, you know, not healthy because they can't, you know, afford all of this fancy produce that is, you know, way overpriced for no reason. <laughs> whenever they can't afford that it's it's often put on as like a personal responsibility like oh it's your fault when really it's it's a mere product of the circumstances that we live in um and that unfortunately some people bear the brunt of unfairly and so it's more of like i in my personal opinion i think that healthy food is right um i think that everyone should have access to it and that's something that i really really care about and it's one of my you know driving missions why i got so involved in the micro farm and how we're able to to give that back this is annabelle shamunko with the daily texan life in orange is a production of the daily texans audio department make sure to subscribe to us on spotify apple podcasts stitcher or wherever else you get your podcasts for more content follow us on twitter at texan audio or at the daily texan I'm audio editor Harper Carlton. Thank you for listening.